Before I welcome you back to today's show, I have to inform you about the devastatingly sad news of a demonic possession that has befallen my new microphone. And in the theme of today's show, I was able to fix this unfortunate issue. But for the remainder of this episode, you will hear a ghost-like sound or even a whisper in the background whenever I talk. And I apologize for that, uh, but let's start off the show. Welcome back to the Quiet On Set podcast. I'm your host, John Graf, and on today's show, I am joined by Lachlan Teeley. Oh, hello. That's me. And Rory O'Shea. So how are you guys doing? I'm good, man. Good. Happy to happy to be here, Ewan. Thanks for having us on. Happy to be back, right? Rory's back. Yeah, I think and I think only one of my voices, whatever you call it, commentaries, was on one. I think I think the other one worked. Yeah, we, we had to scrap the one. It's the it's the infamous um Pixar bracket Pixar. that we actually read it and then it still never saw the light of day. So to this day, <laughs> none of our listeners have ever heard us talk about Pixar. And they most likely never will. <laughs> Someday. No, they never will. At this point, no, 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 no. No, we we just can't. It, it is cursed. Like, uh, I guess maybe this is our conjuring thing that uh, we have a cursed podcast when it comes to talking about Pixar. Mm. What you were on for was for the Kubrick episode that we did, where we talked about all of the movies, and you were one of the only people on that show, if not the only, apart from me, who watched everything from Kubrick. So you are really adamant uh, cinephile and film watcher. So uh, glad to have you back on the show as a guest, maybe a more recurring guest in the future, just so people know a bit about you and your taste, um, Rory. What are you looking most forward to in the year of 2021 when it comes to film releases? You know, 2021, the second half is going to be pretty insane because I think we have basically everything from 2020 and 2021 that has been pushed back into one group. But there is definitely one film that I have been looking forward to since the very first announcement of it. And that is definitely, it's funny because we were talking about A24 before, it's The Green Knight with Dev Patel. I always liked Gawain and The Green Knight. As I got older and I got a lot more into fables and folklore and myth it was definitely one of my favorites like Tolkien adored it as too and like you know he has his interpretation and I I, I'm loving the vibe of every trailer you know there hasn't been a great fantasy fable folklore film in a while like they've all kind of fallen flat for me i think they either focus too much on scale or too much on being indie i think this is going to be a really good centerpiece and there's a lot of other films obviously that are exciting like no time to die i've, always, I've like bond since i was a kid but it's got to be going the green light great pick uh, i'm looking forward to that one as well quite a bit it's one of uh, definitely my top three of uh, most anticipated films 2021 so luckily i think for you as well right you're really keen. Oh, yeah. It's it's up there, definitely. I would agree and say the second half, especially October, with, as you said, James Bond coming out. You've also got Dune. You've also got The Last Night in Soho. And the one I'm personally looking out for are the French Dispatch. Uh, they oh. are going to all be mm-hmm. killer. Um, so it's pretty much going to be week after week, and if not a back-to-back screening, because I'm pretty sure Last Night in Soho and French Dispatch are coming out on the same day. So... October, yeah. you are you're gonna have me uh have me uh, very busy. It's gonna be pumped as fuck, and uh, even for like people who don't really enjoy, I guess Wes Anderson or Edgar Wright. I guess even Edgar Wright is really mainstream now. You still got movies like Spider Man uh, No Way Home, was it called, right? And uh, the the Eternals, and I don't know a bunch of other films. There's a lot coming out for comic book fans as well. So really packed. Dune is gonna be mess. Um, mm. Yeah, Dune as well. So looking forward to that. Finally, I don't think I've disliked a single Denis Villeneuve film. <laughs> me neither. Yeah, he he's just a phenomenal filmmaker. So. Uh, 
hopefully he gets his uh, big blockbuster and also enough of a return um, box office wise so he gets to do the sequel right but uh, yeah alright let's get into the rest of the show coming up in the show we got trader discussions for Reminiscence a new A24 production called Falls Positive and the sequel to the Oscar nominated The Boss Baby followed up by a look at A Quiet Place's success at the box office and changes to the Academy Awards in 2022 in what we've been watching we'll share our thoughts on Bo Burnham's new comedy special Inside and review the latest role that again film club pick The Conjuring finally a spoiler and a non-spoiler review for The Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It will round out today's show you can find time codes to all of these things uh, linked down below in the description if you want to skip around but before we get into the main part of the show please consider rating the podcast over on Apple Podcasts it, help, it helps us out a lot and if you want even more content from us consider joining our Patreon on the lowest tier you will get a monthly bonus show called The Drunk Side alongside a drinking game uh, each month so uh, go on over there there's a lot of other fun perks that you get when you join um, so yeah consider helping us out if you want alright let's get into the news So first up, we got a couple of trailers to look at. We got a new film starring Hugh Jackman. And the logline reads, a scientist discovers a way to relive your past and uses the technology to search for his long lost love. Uh, we got Hugh Jackman, we got uh, Fanny Newton and Rebecca Ferguson. So Lachlan, what did you make of the trailer? Uh, I didn't make the trailer. <laughs> Sorry. When I was reading the show notes, when I was reading the he's show, got him. When I was reading the well, show second, notes, I was questioning if my English was correct, but it, but it was correct. It's it was tech. correct. I was reading the show notes earlier, and I was like, "How can I make a joke out of this?" And I realized I should just say that. So there's my joke. Um, I'll be here. I love that Lachlan comes prepared. <laughs> he's nice. like he's like got a script in front of him. He's like, "I'm thank God you and sends the notes early. I can prepare. Um, no, I really enjoyed it because the trailer wasn't like a normal trailer these days it didn't give away a lot actually it didn't give away almost it didn't give anything to us it really mm -hmm. just kind of set up the world what it what we're going to experience what kind of themes we're going to have throughout the state of Hugh Jackman which looks like they somehow made him look younger and sexier and was that possible yeah, um, impossible. I don't know uh, can, uh, can that be done uh yeah no so uh, the imagium sunscreen what keeps you real pretty in Australia <laughs> I don't think he's in Australia for the movie but. <laughs> he's not well, Australia is underwater by that point. Yeah. No, so no, definitely set up a whole bunch of things, didn't give away too much. And that's what's very exciting is the fact that, again, we don't know, how, we, don't know the, we don't know what the beats are going to be in this movie, unlike some yeah. of the trailers that we've seen come out recently. I mean, for example, there's a few other ones in this one, maybe like the last trailer we're going to talk about, which I thought was just like, oh, wow, this is the movie in the trailer. But anyway, that's what mm -hmm. I thought of the trailer that I didn't make. Yeah, Rory. Well, did you have any thoughts as well? I, I kind of agree that I did enjoy that it was somewhat vague, but I kind of had the feeling while watching it that netflix was remaking inception right um yeah like but i guess that might be the vagueness a little bit but I, i'm not excited for it the trailer didn't excite me for it at all it made me a bit like hmm, i wonder what it's going to be like but i wasn't I, i'm not keen to go to the movies to see it after seeing that trailer and i've never completely bothered if trailers kind of give you a bit of too much of a glimpse into the, into the story of course if it's like spoiler territory then they need to shut the hell up yeah but I, I don't mind as long as the movie looks good um and i thought this made the movie look somewhat interesting but 
but I w- I'm not keen for it, but I could be wrong. I do like the vagueness, though. It is a, it is refreshing. Yeah, that for sure. I mean, I think just visually it looked really interesting. That was the main thing going for it. And I, I guess as soon as you bring in the aspect of some kind of, of time and technology, you link it back to Inception pretty fast if it doesn't bring anything new to the table. Uh, mm. And um, I was wondering for a second, because it's at Netflix, it, it is an HBO production. It will premiere on HBO Max. So you mentioned, you, you just meant it as an insulting way and like, oh, it looks like the Netflix way. Well, I mean, Netflix has a, Netflix has a They vibe, definitely have a style, and, yeah. And I think sure. a color filter, like do, do directors have to give the films to Netflix, put a color filter on before it's uploaded? Because I, fe- I feel like they do that a little bit, but that's just kind of what I meant. I meant it had that certain Netflixy tinge and you felt like they cranked the, the yellows quite a bit. Probably needed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it's fine. Like, yeah. yeah. It, it looks fresh enough. And I mean, Hugh Jackman has, has uh, given great performances. So that at the centerpiece yeah. and it looks like it's less of an ens- ensemble thing like compared to Inception, right? Um, so yeah, we'll see. This comes out on August 20th and it, it's tagged as a romance sci-fi. Uh, which which threw me a bit off because I didn't really see that romance aspect in the reflected in the trailer a lot. It was just like there was some there were some cheeky sexy scenes in the trailer. I guess yeah, I guess that that is um, enough. As when you have a it, the main plot plot revolving around uh, a love story, then it is a romance. I guess I guess that does yeah. make sense. But uh, let's move on to our next trailer, which is the A twenty four film False Positive that comes out on June twenty fifth. And uh, the logline reads: As if getting pregnant wasn't complicated enough lucy sets out to uncover the unsettling truth about her fertility doctor so <laughs> i think this this long line is really vague in 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 what is actually going on and at first i thought this was i don't know if, if you guys heard about this but i thought this linked back to the guy who uh put his semen into his uh his, his uh patients and then basically got hundreds of children pregnant the fucking devastating Wait, thing there's an uh, hbo uh, doc on it called baby hang god on, hang on. It, it is terrifying that is and i thought that maybe it's hinting at that but i have no clue i haven't been able to do find we, anything do we, it would be somewhere hang on i thought i didn't get that in the log line i think that would be <laughs> very interesting oh, no, he, he just left um, <laughs> we broke so rory we broke thing rory. to say but <laughs> we broke rory oh no where did he go oh hello <laughs> I hope you did the recording didn't stop, but make sure to restart it if it broke. No, he's <laughs> muted again. Now it doesn't work. Again. What happened? What's no. Up? Oh uh, my god, no, I can hear him. Ewan, Ewan. What's happening? Alright, do Ewan, I gotta redo you this? Fucking this? Ewan, Ewan. Maybe, Ewan, do you maybe. know what you just did you Ewan, did you hear yourself say something just before? I, I did say I thought this this reminded me of the doctor who did that. Yeah, but do you know what you said? You no. said put his semen in hundreds of pages. <laughs> did I say babies? <laughs> I didn't think. I, I still thought he said patience, but you I, said I, I babies. Did I say I babies? Babies is definitely worse. Babies is worse. He's no, also a pedophile. Yeah. I hope uh, we can go I mean, back and we can put. I want you to replay that. But, yeah. But. but but the thing is, if this is about a doctor injecting his semen into a bunch of unwilling patients, then I mean, I I don't see anyone apart from Lachlan going to watch this movie. <laughs> I don't. But that's a big step up from the logline. I have not seen this trailer, so I can't comment. But it sounds like a very interesting. Part. Yeah. How about I tell you who plays the doctor? Yeah, okay. Uh, who, who plays the doctor? James Bond, Pierce Brosnan. All right, so, so no one's bothered that they get <laughs> It's still, guys, a quick disclaimer, it's still morally injustice. Mo- yeah, of course. But it's, it is Pierce. No, I'm going to stop talking. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe I'll just redo this whole thing. <laughs> The the I, trivia the trivia on IMDb says it's currently being described as a modern Rosemary's baby. Yeah, that's what I read as well, but I couldn't find Oof. out anything else about it. Ugh. 
I, I hate it when they say that though. Like, like a modern version of this or like a better version of this. Like, I, I, I highly doubt it. I very highly doubt it that it's going to be the modern Rosemary's Baby. You and I want to leave the recording as it is. <laughs> I want to leave the recording as it is. And you can go over later on and say women instead of children. I, I, I did say patience, but it, it, okay, well, let's move well, on. That's, that's what I was curious about. He said, I thought he said patience. I swear to God that he said baby. Was it, that's well, so was funny, it only so female funny. patients or did he put his semen into male patients too? Yeah, he impregnated the male patients as well. Why didn't know? No, he, he, he was a physician. He was a physician, I think. Or something like that. Jesus. You know, you can't really trust doctors. They're like, I feel like half of them are... Damn, don't you hate it in, when your doctor impregnates shows. you and you don't even know it? God it's damn. just the worst. But, uh, you know, I, I had a question for you, Rory. So are you are you someone who's a big A24 fan? Or you kind of go by film by film? Or you just watch everything they put out? I, I, I'm definitely a fan of A24. And most of things of theirs that I've watched, I have thoroughly enjoyed. But I don't, I wouldn't say I follow a studio. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I follow yeah. a director or I follow a writer. I've right. never followed a studio. That's interesting. Like, because, I, you know, studios are so much more hit and miss than individual creatives. Yeah. But... I don't think I've, I've definitely not seen all A24 films, but I've liked a lot of their stuff. Like The Witch is A24, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I love The Witch with Anya Taylor-Joy and Did you like and The Lighthouse? The Lighthouse as well then? I, I thought The Lighthouse was incredible. I probably think The Witch, in my opinion, I probably prefer The Witch very slightly. So would you say you're more of a fan of Robert Eggers than you are a fan of A24? That, that's what I mean. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I like those films and they are A24 films, mm. but I would say I like them because of Robert Eggers, not because of A24. But then Gawain is my most anticipated and that's A24. Would you say that A24 is just investing their money into more independent and unique voices? You know, I would say that, Lachlan. I would. Okay, cool. Um, (laughs) No, but I think it's, you know, it's so, media is so monopolized at the moment. Right, yeah. Disney has the big superhero sci-fi fantasy flicks and then Warner Brothers might release something and Sony might release something, but they're all about what's the next big thing. I think A24 genuinely has their eyes on what's the next good thing. Mm-hmm. And they have a limited budget and sometimes that helps. I mean, yeah. Peter Jackson did better with less money than more money when it came to Lord of the Rings first yep. Hobbit. So I think A24 just brings out really good things um, in very certain directors. So I And I think that's why I like them so much because they're really hitting the indie circuit hard, which is kind of what we needed because I was definitely getting like superhero and blockbuster fatigue. Yeah, no, for sure. It's great to have someone fill that niche and it's not just indie because of indie but it's indie for, for directors who actually have uh, cool stories to tell um, mm-hmm. yeah so okay let, let's move uh, away from the story of infertility and uh, let's move on to something that we all wish was aborted while it was still in the writing process and Jesus. that is <laughs> the second <laughs> the boss baby movie called the boss baby family business that comes out on July 2nd so uh, I think I both of you I didn't uh, make you guys watch this trailer I watched it in free time speed i think my brain has has shrunk uh to the size down of a baby and i'm watching tiktoks now and calling um strangers mm, and yeah the, my, my life that's my life now so <laughs> what did you guys think uh, <laughs> the boss baby <laughs> have, you, have you guys seen the original one nope i've i've seen a tiktok with part of it oh that's you know, big you know the part where it's like <laughs> no but you know the part where well, i haven't seen the movie so i can't say it but it's like it's like a challenge it's like you close your eyes yeah. and you see without seeing the movie you have to just listen to it and there's a part where he's holding out like his binky or his dummy whatever you want to call it uh-huh. and he's like and you have to close your eyes and just listen so guys just close your eyes and just listen and he's like suck it <laughs> what i said suck it 
What? Put it in your mouth and suck it. Why? It's not it's not what it'll do. It's where it will take you. And I think that's one of the best like It's a good voice line for TikTok if you've ever been on TikTok. Then then you know that uh, like 50% of it is what feels like is sexualized content. So yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I'm older. So I mean, not old. I'm not an old person, but I feel like I'm just too old for TikTok. So all of mine are secondhand from Instagram. And so what should be 50% sexualized, I think bumps up to about 80%. <laughs> Only because yeah. you're an old man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm elderly. So they're just like throwing schoolgirl dances at me it's I, I'm really keen for for this to uh, like in the same vein as as the Minions movie or the second Minions movie to just uh, come out and then as fast as possible we can all forget about it that that actually came out and that is actually a real thing because it looks uh, real terrible and I haven't seen the first one apparently at the end of that movie spoilers uh, he gets back into the adult body so in the trailer they make him go back for oh, for no a, reason at it, all is that an adult in a baby's body I thought it was literally it's, just a very business it, it was wise. Voiced by Kevin Spacey, I think, in the first one. I don't know. He probably changed. No, it was um Alec Baldwin. Oh, it was Alec Baldwin. I thought it was Kevin Spacey. Wait, there's there's Mm. some other movie where I know how much you like Kevin Spacey, (laughs) but love him, great guy. Uh, Yeah, fucking piece of shit guy. Uh, Due to Uh, legal reasons, the Quiet On Said podcast does not uh, promote anything (laughs) that Kevin Spacey has said or done in the past twelve to twenty four to thirty six to the entire rest of his career. I I guess we should have a a uh, auditory and visual indicated that we just put on sarcasm mode because i guess i have a really dry way of with my sarcasm as most europeans do so sometimes things don't come across <laughs> that well but it's yeah like we a do. little red studio light that blinks when you're being sarcastic <laughs> exactly it's just a uh, good yeah. thing it's an audio podcast not a audio visual podcast so a red blinking <laughs> light would not do anything <laughs> well you know lachlan you're right <laughs> we'll take your criticism under consideration <laughs> <laughs> all right anyways we got one last trailer and that is uh, infinite. A man discovers that his hallucinations are actually visions from past lives. So uh, this movie is uh, stars Dylan O'Brien and the and Mark Wahlberg from uh, Mark Wahlberger. Yes, it's actually him, that guy with the burger chain. And it's about a man who discovers that his hallucinations are actually visions from the past. So what do you guys oh. think about? Because <laughs> like it, it, you you touched on it before. Lachlan, right? It, it looks really generic. Uh, you could already see the whole story play out um, really by the books and, and all, all that uh, boring uh, story overall. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I completely agree with what Rory said as well. I don't like a trailer that gives everything away. A trailer that gives a little bit away is perfectly fine. Reminiscence is obviously a trailer that gives absolutely nothing away. In this one, mm. it's obviously Mark Wahlberg, most famously known as Mark Wahlberg from Transformers, the one with all the knights, obviously, uh, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> that's, that's what he's best known best for? Known for Ma- Are we sure, guys? Uh, best, best known for Daddy's Home 2, um, Mark Wahlberg. That's better. Thank you. Sorry. Somehow. Um, oh, fine. Mark Wahlberg. I know I'm best, from his porn. He's best so. known for, what else is he in? Boogie Nights, The Departed. I mean, why are you picking D- Daddy's Home 2? And I don't know, was he in Boss Baby maybe? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, best known for Max Payne, the movie. Um... <laughs> Um, uh, he's most known for Warburgers yeah. nowadays. So. I don't know what was I saying about my. What was I saying about this movie? Oh yeah, I, I'll watch it. I don't. Know. I just want to see some actually, actually boomy boomy. Yeah, I mean, you've said before that uh, you you can enjoy a good bit of just um, plain and simple action that looks nice. That's totally I, fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I that's all I care about is actually actually boomy boomy. Obviously, clearly. I hope you said it again. <laughs> I was kind of hoping you would. 
<laughs> reinforce it twice. Sorry. So that movie comes out on June 10th on Paramount Plus. So I didn't even know that Paramount Plus is actually a thing that the actual things are released there, but that's what's landing there pretty soon. Um, So later this week, you can check out Infinite. All right, let's move on to this week's stories. First up, we got the Oscars in 2021 in the news Um, because next year's Academy Awards ceremony will be held on March 27th, uh, which is a month later than it usually is on February 27th, but a month earlier than it was this year on April 25th. So this is really exciting news. I know I'll keep you on the edge of my of, of your seat, but uh, the eligibility rules are still the same. New ones that were established that if your movie is uh, streaming and due to the pandemic uh, is not able to premiere in cinemas, then you're still eligible to uh, qualify for nominations. Um, that goes for VOD and streaming releases. Uh, the only thing that actually changed is that uh, the format of submission or, uh, on like the, the dates uh, changed. So you have to release your movie between March 1st and December 31st. That window has been shortened back down. Um, last year, it was until the end of February that you could submit movies. I'm just I'm just wondering why they don't just go back to the normal format of having it um, on in, in February, because you got to submit it by December, by the end of the calendar year. Why you have that extra month? I thought that maybe, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on it, but maybe um, the, the voters actually enjoyed <laughs> to have 30 extra days to watch the films that they vote on, because like sometimes it feels like they don't even watch them after time. They just vote yeah. on something. Um, but yeah, you guys have any thoughts on this? I know that Lachlan, you are a vivid watcher of the Oscars, right? You care so much. <laughs> uh, very cool, Oscars. Very cool. Thank you. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. No, I think maybe like, I think you've got a point when you say maybe it's the extra month of watching, because sometimes it does definitely feel like, oh, they didn't watch this movie. Mm-hmm. They, they're just voting. I mean, so maybe the extra month will actually allow them to see what they're voting on. And that would be nice, personally. I'd like to actually watch yeah. to win the award. Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, I guess, I guess this year it was, it was really different because there were a lot of the more indie films compared to other years. And he didn't ha- really have the political, simple frontrunner like Green Book uh, that could pick something mm. up. He didn't have a clear frontrunner uh, internationally that could also pick up steam with Parasite. That was really exciting. And <laughs> this year was just, Roy, did you end up watching any of the c- ceremony this year? I, I skimmed through some of it, but I was so disinterested in the format of it. Yeah. Even a lot of the nominees that I wasn't really. Yeah, it, it, it was. I, I kept on the live updates on IMDb, but that was bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a disappointing show overall and uh, kind of boring to watch. Uh, although they did have that new approach of uh, filming it from, uh, who was it? Soderbergh? Who did it? The show? Uh, yeah, but uh, hopefully they improve something next year. Let's move on to our next story, which is the Quiet Place Part 2 making bank at the box office. So uh, ever since, it, well, most of Americans have already been vaccinated, at least the ones that want to be vaccinated. Um, theaters have opened up a bit more and uh, we saw a huge success of the movie being the biggest one since the pandemic hit, uh, making about 47 in the first three days of its release. And then over the Memorial Day weekend, actually made 57 million total, making it the biggest uh, opening since the pandemic, right? And also uh, bigger than the original The Quiet Place, which made about 50 million. That's a big success, I'd say. And internationally, uh, it has made a total of about 100 million so far. Uh, 69 million of those, nice, uh, were from the new uh, from the US and 30 million from the rest 
rest of the world, what has to be noted here that in a lot of places, uh, including Switzerland, it has not released yet. It's coming out in a few weeks. So we'll see those numbers go up even higher, uh, which is which is great. You know, it's a success story. We also got an announcement for a spinoff of A Quiet Place that is set to come out in the spring of 2023. So Rory, are you in the camp of people who really enjoyed the first Quiet Place? I mean, I, I wouldn't say really enjoyed. I would say rather enjoyed. I think there's something odd. I mean, we'll probably talk about this more when we talk about The Conjuring, but I feel like there's been something odd recently where horror films are just very overrated. Like, I don't get along with a lot of horror films. It's not that I don't like them, just a lot of the time. They're kind of very average written. They're very, they've always very average movies, but mm -hmm. then a horror film comes out and everyone's like, this is the best horror film in 10 years. <laughs> and that might be true sometimes, but yep. it's still normally like a seven out of 10 at best. I, I did really like, I did rather like A Quiet Place. I'd probably give it like just over a seven out of 10. Mm -hmm. And out of all modern horror films, unincluding maybe like The Witch, I would say it's definitely up there as some of my favorites. It just, and I'll definitely see the second one. I'm no, I know I'm going to go watch it and check it out and see what it's like. But I, I just feel bad because I, I definitely didn't like it as much as a lot of other people did. Yeah. But I did still like it. It's a, yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out of my way to like give it a claim. I'm happy it's making money though. There's other films that I was scared would make a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, it's great to see that some success uh, and some money is going back into the theatrical market. And uh, especially if it's a genre movie like this, you know, it doesn't have to be Black Widow that uh, comes out in cinemas to have success that's great to see yeah uh but yeah uh lachlan what what do you imagine could uh, the spin-off be like what could it be about just um uh yeah. monsters that can see <laughs> but they can't it's a can't very loud place everyone goes in there it's got a quiet place <laughs> and they're like surprise <laughs> They're kind of the perfect neighbors because you can party all you want and they're not going to even yeah, notice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But if they yeah. if they see you, you're fucked. Yeah, they're, huh? they're going to be so pissed off. Um, no, I'm kind of excited to see where the sequel, or sorry, the sequel, the uh, spinoff will go. Obviously, we've seen this family in two movies now. Maybe we'll see another family in their spinoff and it will be something cool. Um, I just want to point out 69 million in the US. Nice. That is very nice, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Maturity level of the kids yeah. from that movie. <laughs> we are like toddlers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we. I think all of us haven't seen A Quiet Place Part 2 yet, although it Get is out it. in the States. And I think it's also out yeah, in Australia. I'm seeing it this week. So we'll we'll have a review up either next week or the week after. That will be uh, our main focus of the show. A bit late to the party, but um, I mean... You know, we got to stay quiet for a quiet place. Otherwise, well, not too much attention drawn to the monsters. So uh, our last story of the day comes from Netflix and Jupiter's Legacy, which was a season, uh, a superhero uh, series that got uh, one season and one season. It's all it's getting because it got canceled. Uh, this is noteworthy because it apparently had a budget of about 200 million which is quite a bit of money, you know. It's it's a little bit of money, especially for for a show. I know I know Netflix pumps out what were the numbers? They had like 17 billion that they had that they invested into original content. Maybe I got that number wrong and it's actually like triple that, but uh yeah, just a lot of money and I guess there wasn't enough of a success and return and people watching it um for them to justify a second season. I watched it as well. I thought it was pretty disappointing. Yeah, yet another Netflix show that gets uh, cancelled. I mean, um, that happens quite a bit, actually, with a lot of these shows. But I know you, uh, both of you probably haven't heard of Jupiter's Legacy. Or I've seen it. Um, it's based on a comic uh, as well. And it, it tried to be some of the Amazon um, stuff, the Prime Video stuff with the boys, but also wanted to be more goofy and have like uh, really silly costumes. And it didn't really blend together in, in the world that they created. And I guess people didn't tune in for this one that much. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's gone now. I think, I think Superhero 
superhero fatigue is just kicking in. Yeah. Um, I'm not even that big of a fan of the boys at the moment. Like there's just there's just so much like they're just milking it dry a little bit. And I think you know I think Jupiter's Legacy of a came out a little bit earlier. I think it actually would have been received a little bit warmer. But it's I think it's at the end of this bubble that's just kind of like reached its capacity. You see, funny thing is, I'd say it's still too late. And if it was a little bit early, it'd still be too early just because I just finished watching. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Invincible. Invincible. Uh, so back to back, finishing the boys season two. I'm like, yeah, cool. I like this genre. It is quite fun. You know, this realistic spin on, you know, superheroes. And then I finish Invincible. And then it's actually my mum who was like, hey, have you seen this one? And I was like, no, I haven't yet. And I saw what it was. And I was like, I just don't feel like watching this because I've just watched something very similar to it. And again, I think Netflix threw that $200 million just because the boys were successful. They want to capitalize on mm. that possibility popularity of the boys and that's just something amazon's just luckily luckily able to get Mm -hmm. yeah for sure i mean netflix doesn't really have their trademark shows anymore i mean they had a couple of years ago to bring up kevin spacey once more is a house of cards house of cards right and they had stranger things and that kind of died down with popularity in in its third season i think it was still pretty big probably but not as much a, a critical success and they don't really have much going for them uh, at the moment, I'd say. Like, not a lot of original series content that isn't just um, capitalizing on a specific fan base. Like, the Winx saga or whatever was really big. And they, they had a couple of these things, but they were really specific to a fan base that just really enjoyed them. And because they have, like, 200 million subscribers, there's, like, a big chunk of them that is interested and it gets pushed to... Or, I don't know. feels like they, they arbitrarily put those <laughs> top 10 sometimes on what they want to succeed as well. Uh, but th- then it just uh, rises to the top 10 charts in, in the recommended section and um, it becomes big. I think Jupiter's Legacy was also uh, number one for a while, but I guess it just didn't do the numbers. And I think they're um, just, they don't yeah. want to risk any more money on new originals made by Netflix, but they'll buy out movies that are in production. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know if Army of the Dead was in production and Netflix got distribution rights to it, but again, that would be a really good one to grab onto. Zack Snyder, you know, a, a, a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. You know, it, it's, just a, it's a great film to throw into Netflix, but... Again, am I classifying it as a Netflix original? I, mm-hmm. I don't know what to class as a Netflix original anymore because, again, House yeah. of Cards, great example. Netflix original. Mm-hmm. Do I classify yeah. things like The Mitchells versus The Machines as a Netflix original? That well, was that, that one, made by that Sony. One definitely not. Yeah, that one was acquired. And there's actually a movie we're about to talk about in the new releases that is also produced by Sony but then distributed by Netflix. And it definitely counts as a Netflix release and a Netflix original. It, mm. The line there is, is really thinly drawn because there's a lot of... Uh, collaborations recently with i guess these more established cinema uh focus and theatrical experience focused companies being forced to put their stuff on streaming otherwise it just won't get the return or it's like the, the least loss that they can make um and i mean there was a deal between sony right because they don't want to set up their own streaming service for uh their theatrical releases to go to after the the rent and buy window as a streaming thing they go to netflix first so they have an exclusivity deal there so um i think you're going to see a lot of collaboration between Sony and Netflix in the future uh, when it comes mm. to their animated stuff. Uh, but yeah, maybe we'll, we'll see. I think Netflix is also not done trying
trying um, to have the place of uh, Stranger Things and stuff like that be filled. Big show that draws even more people in because I think they're pretty steady at keeping their subscriber base, but they're not really bringing in that many new people. There's not a lot of attraction for people who, who don't care. And I mean, um, like contrast to that, Disney Plus, I think as, as more of these Marvel shows come, then even more people will come to uh, Disney Plus for that. Uh, but let's move on to this week's new releases. On Friday, June 4th, we got Spirit Untamed, a horse movie uh, for children. I haven't checked that one out. I'm not planning to, but uh, if <laughs> you got to watch, watch something with the kids, I guess it's Spirit Untamed this week. Um, and also released just recently was The Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It. We'll talk about it in a bit uh, later in the show. Then on June 10th, we got Infinite on Paramount+. Plus. And on June 11th, we got Wish Dragon, which is uh, the movie I just hinted at before. That's a Netflix release uh, about a determined teen Din as she's longing to reconnect with her uh, his childhood best friend when he meets a wish-granting dragon who shows him the magic of possibilities. And that is <laughs> Wish Dragon. Did you change it to Dish Dragon or did I did I make a typo? That is you funny. made a typo. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that is Wish Dragon. It is the latest collaboration between Sony Pictures Animation and Netflix. It already came out in China quite a while ago, like actually earlier this year in, um, in January to a, a bit of a mediocre box office success. We'll, we'll definitely check it out and uh, we'll have a review next week. I'll review it for everyone. But um, yeah, a more exciting movie that will be uh, most likely what we'll talk about next week is Lin-Manuel Miranda's musical In the Heights, In the Heights that uh, hits theaters uh, this Friday and HBO Max as well. Uh, Rory, have you seen Hamilton? Yes, not live. I've seen it on well, it would be crazy if you, you if you had seen it live because I I don't think they're touring in a lot of places. Yeah, not at the moment. I could have seen it a while ago though. I could like have been. <laughs> that would be crazy. But yeah, uh, are you looking forward to In the Heights? I mean, not not as much as um I'm sure a lot of other people are. I really enjoyed Hamilton, but there's nothing too much about In the Heights that's drawing me in. Um, but I don't really know anyone in it. I don't know the plot. I I do like musicals. Um, I'm a sucker for a good musical number, so I will enjoy parts of it. I feel, but there's probably also a very strong wrong possibility that i'm just not gonna enjoy it overall <laughs> right okay yeah. <laughs> well uh yeah i'm really looking forward to it uh because i think there's been a lot of early buzz from critics who have really enjoyed it quite a bit and uh i'm, I'm a huge sucker for for musicals so um, i'm keen what they i'm keen to see what they uh, did within the heights finally we got peter rabbit to the runaway so uh james corden you know he's back and after his most recent persona was a cat now he's moved on to be a rabbit it, so we all here to support him. Let's let's give it up for James Corden. He's moving on to uh, a better patch of grass, from eating fish to eating grass. Uh, we love to see it. And I'll probably see this just for the reason that well, I, I will review it on here. Otherwise, I would probably skip this. But uh, yeah, what do you guys think of Peter Rabbit Two: The Runaway? You needed Jackson on. I'm pretty sure Jackson went and saw it. Um, oh, you saw it already. Jackson already saw it. That, that's that is a dedicated fan. Then mm. yeah, he's. I think that's his. Um, I think his list of top films goes Citizen Kane, <laughs> Godfather, uh-huh. Peter Rabbit. <laughs> And then I think it's something like Shawshank Redemption or some shit. But Peter Rabbit was second, but I think it fell to third because um, I don't think he was a fan of the post credit soundtrack. I think that's the only thing that mm. really mm. brought it down for him. Apart from that, I'm sh- <laughs> I'm, I remember it being a glowing review. I remember it being just positive. Um, and then he, I think he broke his computer because he punched it when he found out it wasn't 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've, 
I, I, I trust his judgment. And so I am very excited for Peter Rabbit too. I, I used to like the little Peter Rabbit books when I was a kid. Yeah. I used to steal them constantly. I, I wasn't a fan of the first one, even though I'm a big fan of um, Donald Gleason, mm-hmm. um, Brennan Gleason's son. And But, you know, I, I'd be a fool if I wasn't going to be excited about something that Jackson said was good. <laughs> I mean, this is the guy that I'm pretty sure his top TV show ever is um, Emily in Paris. So <laughs> no, it's not. Please don't. I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident about this guy. So that's all I can say. <laughs> Please don't tell me you actually did he watch that show no J- no jackson's gonna listen to this and be like what what the, the fuck, fuck is talking about? About? what the fuck yeah, is emily like, in paris I, I don't remember any of this it's- uh yeah no uh, uh jackson's a good friend of ours um he, he hasn't been on uh in in a good while as well but i think he he's one who really enjoys uh animated movies and maybe he doesn't go to the cinema as often so uh he enjoys quite a bit of, of blockbuster stuff as well right <laughs> and citizen kane yeah <laughs> yeah all right Let's, uh, Emily in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> cinematic masterpiece. But uh, let's move on to what we've been watching. All right, Rory, what have you been watching? I've been watching a TV show, which is a little bit different from something I'd normally watch. And it's a Stan exclusive, not original, mm-hmm. called Younger. And it's about a 40-year-old woman who pretends to be 26, get a job in publishing mm. and has to run like a print based on millennials, which she, you know, secretly is or publicly is, but secretly isn't. Mm-hmm. And it's not something I'd usually watch, but I am a sucker for TV shows based in New York City. And, you know, it's actually really fine, basic television where each different episode is a different plot um and i i think i you know you've gone to a slump when you press back and you're three and a half seasons in on your first day um but but you know that's probably apart from that i just have been reading more rather than watching stuff that's probably been it and it's been really refreshing to be honest to watch something that doesn't take much mental capacity to understand or enjoy Mm -hmm. that's probably about it for me actually yeah all right thank you younger is what that show is called right and it's only streaming on stan is it well it's a stan exclusive but you know these these hollywood types you can't trust them (laughs) they say all right so uh apparently it's also on is it on paramount plus as well is this a different show well, there you go. That, that, you've, you've cracked it already. You and we've been lied to. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not sure. Maybe it's a different show. It, it, well, it, Hillary it's Duff Hillary in Duff. it. Oh, it's Hillary Duff in it. So and, it is that show. And I haven't. I haven't seen Hillary Duff in a long while. You know. Um. And she's going to be the new mother in How I Met Your Father, the new How I Met Your Mother spinoff. She's going to be the main. Wait, they're, they're doing a spinoff. You, you you are bringing so many things to the table right now, Rory. There's there's a spinoff. <laughs> How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, there's, there's, Ten there's, there's years after one. it wrapped or whatever. Yeah, and it's How I Met Your Father and Hillary duff will be the main so i'm kind of i i think that's kind of what got me to start watching it because i was like i wonder what she's like now oh it's going to be on and hulu I'm, and that I'm is interesting it. yeah okay yeah it's a, hulu's well, brought it out yeah well we'll see well i'll definitely talk about it because i i, I remember watching how i met your mother quite I, I think i saw it like twice when i was younger i'm not a really big fan of it anymore yeah yeah definitely check that one out i guess right. well it's based in new york city so of course i've seen it a few times <laughs> all right so uh lachlan what have you been watching uh, other than The Conjuring 1 and 2 plus Bo Burnham's comedy special, uh, the one I want to talk about just quickly is American Gods Season 3. So have either of you seen American Gods, the TV show? I haven't, no. All right, cool. It's based on a book by Neil Gaiman, who is a fantastic writer. Rory, would you agree? Yes, he he, he is a very good writer, Lachlan. <clears throat> I would agree. I concur. You concur? <laughs> 
I concur. Thank you, sir. Uh, Ewan, do you know Neil Gaiman? I've heard of him. Cool. Um, not, pers- not, not personally. Not personally, no. No, okay, that's fine. Um, look, no. American Gods. If, he's Swedish, actually... if he were Swedish, I probably wouldn't know him. He's not. <laughs> uh, I actually haven't read the book for American Gods, but I would like to now. The TV show is visually pleasing in the first season, which is really what got me on board, was just how pretty some of the, uh, not only just the effects, but some of the shots were, and overall just a very visually stylized film. Sorry, TV show. Fast forward to season three and it's a slow, boring TV show. I think there was a lot of issues behind the scenes with budgets and they actually had to drop a lot of the cast. So there's a number of characters who do not return. Um, It's quite disappointing because they were going somewhere really fun. And what really pissed me off is something I just found out literally as I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now. uh, It's been cancelled and they were planning on a fourth season and it left on a big old cliffhanger of of a season finale. And that really pissed me off because it was very interesting how it ended. Just want to my uh, Netflix, if you could pick up American Gods and just finish it off for a season, please, that would be yeah. nice. Just just one last season is all I ask, just to finish it, mm. um, and then bring back uh, some good writing, bring back all the actors needed to make it really good. Uh, but seriously, it it, it it ended on such a cliffhanger, and if it, mm. if it actually has been cancelled, and Wikipedia is not lying to me, uh, yeah, I'm pretty pretty gutted. But hey, uh, season three was pretty trash. Uh, I would like to see it continue, hopefully, and and, and be better. Was that like your show at the moment? Because you know, like, there's always like that big show that you're kind of like you're in it till the end. Was that yours, or is it just one that you're excited? Funnily about? not, because um, I I was for season one, and then season two came out, and I watched it, and it kind of just fell off my radar, and a bunch of things came out, and I watched different things, so I, it kind of just fell off my radar. So I wouldn't say it's kind of like the TV show that I'm watching till the end. Mm-hmm. I currently don't have a TV show like that. That's kind of in between seasons. That's coming out. I've watched watched a lot of TV shows from start to end since, you know, starting American Gods and they've finished and, I mean, some of them are miniseries and things like that. But, yeah, no, I, I mean, it, it would have been if this season kind of captivated me because I did watch the first episode of season three as it came out and I wasn't, I was, I just, I didn't get into it. I just wasn't vibing with it, so I just didn't watch it. And then I saw that the season had ended and I decided to watch it a few months ago and then I fell off the radar again for a couple months because I got boring and the past couple days I was like, you know what, I'm just going to finish it off and see how it ends and, I was like, oh, it's actually going somewhere kind of interesting. Sure, it's not that engaging and exciting, but it's going somewhere interesting, Um, especially if you have an interest in Norse mythology, which it goes into a little bit more at the end of the season. And then it's like, all right, cool. Now it's done. Sick. Thanks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was going to say, have you seen Yellowstone? I haven't, but I've heard it's really good. I, 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 that's something I'd probably say is my current, I'm, I'm going to, I watch it as soon as it comes out show. Yeah. And that's what I would suggest to anyone that like, I, I think it's very solid. There are slower points, but you know, you, you loved Wind River and it's the creator and director writer yeah, of Wind I've River. Heard. And Taylor, I think Taylor Sheridan does really well. I, I wasn't a fan of his most recent film, Those Who Wish Me Dead. I mean, I did, I actually really liked it, but it felt like he made me, I think a lot of people commented on his films not feeling quick enough mm-hmm. and i think he really took that to heart and then this one felt like maybe it was an act and a half or two acts i felt like i didn't even get a third act properly yeah which was disappointing but that's actually i just remember that's something i've been i've been re-watching yellowstone in preparation for the fourth season yeah i got i got a show as well but it's it's completely I guess in a different way vein it's over on uh netflix and uh i'm just watching through better Call all at the moment and it is great actually it's one of fav- my favorite yeah. uh, tv shows that uh, is still currently on i think they're doing a uh, final season uh, sixth season I think uh, they're up to now uh, early next year so keen to wrap that one up and um, if you guys haven't seen it, I know both of you have seen Breaking Bad right and enjoyed it quite a bit 
film. Yeah, Breaking Bad was. I mean, like to me, it was going to be in my top. It wouldn't have been my number one. Um, it was above Game of Thrones until Game of Thrones ended. I mean, because you love the like, final people, season of Game well, of Thrones, right? Yeah, of course. It, it was one of my favorite seasons of a TV series. Um, I, I like, you know, it wasn't as good as Emily in Paris and other <laughs> things, but it was, it was up there. Yeah. It was really up there. Uh-huh. No, but I mean, like the, the the writers of Game of Thrones really made up excuses and stuff. And when it didn't go down well, they were like, oh, it's just, you know, there's no way you can end such a successful show and make people happy. Breaking Bad did it. Mm. You know, Breaking Bad nailed the ending. A lot of people really love that ending. Oh, it, I, it I, so I loved good. it too. Yeah, it's incredible. And ending. yeah, so I, I think Breaking Bad's probably definitely up there and some of the best of all time because mm. they started strong. They went strong through the middle and then they ended hard. And it, I thought, it, yeah. And so I think Better Call Saul is good, but definitely not in like that get Breaking Bad category. It, it, it yeah, doesn't maybe. have that many big moments like uh, Breaking Bad had. It's, it's, it's way more subtle in the character moments. Yeah. But it is great to see characters that you got more on the surface level now being fully fleshed out as, as people. Um, And that is mainly the biggest praise I can give it. Uh, just because we get a lot more of Mike and of course of uh, of Saul Goodman himself, Jim yeah. McGill. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so definitely go check that one out if you haven't yet. All right. So uh, I'll move on to what I've been watching and I have been watching Plan B. So this is the story about about a sexual no wait let me let me do that again no um, continue please <laughs> i'm not talking about semen <laughs> and babies <laughs> i got him with sex got his attention again all right so uh, i watched plan b and the synopsis reads after a regrettable first sexual encounter a straight-laced high school student and her slacker best friends have 24 hours to hunt down a plan b pill in america's heartland uh heartland so that is <laughs> actually said in south dakota i wasn't sure what america's heartland actually is it seems like it's more in the middle south dakota is north right but apparently that is america's heartland and uh, um well the movie gave me immediate super bad vibes and it also had elements of the ridiculousness of book smart um it had the subject matter of something like uh unpregnant or uh, never ready sometimes always uh, with the issue of uh, medical aid being provided to um young women who need it um and kind of it uh yeah how, how difficult something that shouldn't be difficult is for for young people if they're not 18 yet uh, and how difficult it actually is to get access to stuff you need um yeah and uh, it was actually a pretty entertaining watch uh it did the jokes were more hit than miss so that is something i don't really get a lot in modern comedy movies because it feels like they throw a lot at you and not a lot sticks but here they made me consistently laugh so for that alone i'll i'll uh, give it a shout out and i i definitely can recommend it i think it's pretty solid it has those uh, it still falls short on um, some character moments when the characters kind of flip-flop around and um, what what they actually are. So they act completely different in one scene and then um, they're almost like a different person in the next one. Uh, it feels a bit odd at times. So th- there was some refinement that would have still be needed, uh, would have been needed in the in the writing, but uh, pretty solid. I gave it a six out of 10 and that is streaming on Hulu right now. And then um, in preparation for a film history exam that I already took and of course i aced it uh, i watched uh, francois truffaut's uh, 1956 classic uh the 400 blows also known in uh, french in the original title as Les 400 Coups. and it is one of the most high rated movies of all time i think on INB it's uh, somewhere in the 200 range and uh it almost cracks the letterbox top 100 i think it's at spot 106 over there so as you expect look my expectations were quite high um but be- 
before we get into what I actually thought of the movie, have you guys seen uh, this movie or anything else from Truffaut? No, I have actually, not. I haven't. Because I think it is um, really visually amazing, especially for 1959. Um, it has one scene that has stuck with me greatness <laughs> you always link it back to 69 i like that look on you're pretty consistent with your comedy no 1949 <laughs> all right <laughs> can you elaborate is that joke down or is it just random no it was 1969 shut the fuck up all right so there's a scene in the movie where the lead uh boy um goes to a carnival and at a carnival thing um there is this spinning barrel that you get inside i don't know how to s describe it properly but you get inside of it and then it it starts spinning you around and uh, Truffaut takes the camera inside there and you spin around with this guy and you can see the top and other people like looking down into this thing just spinning around from him and I, I thought that was just such a, a like nice allegory and metaphor for him just being himself like still but everything around him moving way too fast for him to keep track and it is reflected in the story as well of like how he doesn't fit in in places and there's a lot of that stuff uh, in individual metaphors that he puts in and I found it just really fun to, to figure things out and um what they mean like that, that doesn't happen a lot with modern um, movies that they give you something that is so easily digestible when you can still see the metaphors they usually either are completely tone deaf and just spell it out for you what you should think and what they mean or they are really really subtle and you don't pick up on it but here it's it's like a nice mix of oh i i, I get what he's going for and um i think it's a must for every, every cinephile so go check out the 400 blows i think it's streaming um on the criterion channel and on and uh, Netflix in France, so just get yourself a VPN and <laughs> enjoy French, the Frenchness uh, of the 60s. Alright, so uh, let's move on to something that we've all watched, and uh, that is the new comedy special from Bo Burnham called Inside. So to start things off, what did you guys think overall of the special? Um, yeah, I you know, I like Bo Burnham in snippets. I, I like a lot of his songs and I, I very much respect what he did. Like putting in a year to make this during COVID is really cool. It was very pessimistic comedy. It was very down on yourself. Like a lot of white man jokes because he's a white man and a lot of it was like, but to a point of like, I think it was a bit re repetitive. Like there was a few jokes where I was like, kind of just a twist of the earlier um joke and the songs like, you know, I, in previous specials, I've, I've got distinctive songs I can remember kind of, or like art is dead or from the perspective of God, but. But in this, I, I can't remember a lot of the songs. Mm -hmm. And I watched it last night because they all kind of blurred together. Um, I oh, thought the oh, cinematography oh, was oddly And he's gone. And he's been disconnected. <laughs> he, he's, Rory is like the, a blur himself. You and for the podcast. You, for the podcast can you edit in Discord sounds so people can understand that he's going disconnected and, dis and reconnected? Well, I would just cut around yeah. it, but I guess this one will leave in. <laughs> all right, sorry, can you hear yeah. me? Yeah, can you hear you. All good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I thought it looked very good and I thought it, I, I thought it worked well. Um, I did like White Woman. Instagram <laughs> um, mainly it felt there was so much effort put into that mm -hmm. like the recreating the shots it was kind of just another kind of white person joke and like the world sucks joke and everything's fake which I which I get he's he's not necessarily wrong in a lot of things but I, I think by the end of it especially towards the end I felt like it could have been half an hour shorter or um, it just it just was very much of a downer experience I kind of wanted something that would have been funnier 
here. But overall, I still very much liked it and I really like what he tried to do. And Lachlan, what did you think? So for me, Bo Burnham, I, I, I actually put Bo Burnham as my favorite comedian. Um, mm-hmm. Trying not to be biased and judging and, and, and critiquing, I should say, not judging this special. What I like about Bo and what he can do, whether it be on YouTube, whether it be in front of a live audience or whether it be a, a film like, uh, what was that film that he came out with? I can't, I can't eighth grade. Blank for me. Uh, eighth grade. It's just literally blank for me as I said it. Um, eighth grade. He knows the medium. He knows how to control the medium that he's shooting in. So when it came to his YouTube videos, sure, it's not as high... Uh, <laughs> high budgeted and uh, effort put into it. It was a recording of a song that he did that was silly. And that's how he got popular. Mm-hmm. Pushing forward to his specials, he not only used what he knew as comedy, but he added that music side of it, which isn't unique. But I think what was unique, especially for his latest or the previous special on Netflix, Make Happy, was the lighting and the overall presentation of the comedy. So mm-hmm. he knows how to control not only the audience, but everything else. Not just like, because obviously a comedian can tell jokes but he can also tell a story throughout that as well which make happy was obviously a a story about him as a creative and his journey on creating songs and obviously wanting to please an audience while not only wanting you know by not being able to please himself without you know making please himself the the joke because he can please himself but he also you know yeah anyway with with this special in particular i really liked what he did because you know he 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 was probably signed on to do a special (laughs) and then the pandemic hit and he was like why not i just make a special like this and Mm. by himself with a camera that we could all use with obviously lighting equipment that we can't afford but he can he was able to put on a show by himself and what he did by himself which obviously we're just going to go off what he said that he actually did it by himself was really well done i do agree that some of the songs can kind of blur into the one but i have only seen it twice in comparison to the seeing the previous shows a couple more times. And again, I've only seen yeah. it about a week ago. I love Words, Words, Words and what his previous specials and Make Happy was one of the really, really good ones that really just, you know, I was like, wow, this this guy can do something incredible. Uh, White Woman's Instagram is the one that's in my head all the time because it's it's catchy. Mm. And I think I it's can, the most normy one, right? It, it's high. It's very high value in terms of production quality because he went yeah. through so yeah. many different shots, right? Where some of the other yeah. ones was just like some lighting effects where white woman's instagram was literally just everything and again i think it adds to the story because that was right at the start we probably had a lot of energy to make this special and by the end it starts to become less high quality it becomes almost Mm -hmm. like he's getting sick of doing this special so i really really enjoyed it and i would put it at number one of all of his specials so far just personally i really really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. um i thought for what it was for the times a, a pandemic special it's the best pandemic special that's ever come out so far there's been comedians who've made fun of covid and pandemic but he didn't you know he didn't make a covid19 joke he made a joke about being stuck at home like everyone else and he made it relatable he made it relatable because i you you facetime your mum. you made it relatable by talking about fucking jeff bezos and his enormous power um so yeah i i I really liked it yeah i definitely agree with you that it um i I don't know if it is my favorite i think it's really hard to uh, to pinpoint down because I really love make love make happy uh, mm. and I I, I guess uh, Roy you said that it's more of like a downer overall as a special right and I yeah I kind of like that balance that he can make me laugh but at the end of make happy I I was I was I was bawling my eyes out for some reason I don't know I can't really put my finger on it why but it was so it it was such uh, a well-crafted run it of thing yeah the comedy it had me uh, I was crying laughing of course it, it 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 just uh touches you in a way that um it's very personal and i thought that 
this special was even more that for probably a lot of people that uh, are maybe in a similar socioeconomical space as, as he is, like someone who's uh, able to work from home who's not like a, a blue-collar worker um, who has to go out, right, and maybe lose his job, but they're stuck at home doing what they're always uh, just working, right? Um, and for that, I think it, it, it just is really relatable <laughs> that like you are stuck, you want to create something maybe, and um, you, you are in this kind of cycle where you spend so much time with yourself that uh, if you don't have a he healthy mental state it can be really damaging um and for him to kind of have this creative outlet that he uh forces himself to do like i found it really powerful when he said that uh making this comedy special is what what, what uh, kept me alive it's like yeah. there's some some powerful stuff because he doesn't um shy away from getting really fucking personal with his stuff and then there's some fun bits uh that he does with <laughs> white women's instagram and you can i think you can clearly see that that's kind of the, the marketing thing the big song to put out to promote it but then that pulls in people in because it's just silly fun but then he gets deeper uh, w with other stuff. And uh, it did drag at the end. Um, I agree with both of you there, I guess. Luckily, you enjoyed it, that it dragged because it just represented his, his his mental state, him not wanting to do it anymore. Mm. Um, I think that it, it kind of worked well overall i don't i don't know i don't know it's to to me bo burnham somehow can't do it wrong uh he approaches comedy uh from such an interesting way all the time that i'm i'm just always entertained or uh yeah at least i'm i'm emotionally invested did you guys have a, a favorite of all the songs apart from uh white woman's instagram i did like his reaction to his reaction to his reaction i can't remember the song i thought the song was fine but i thought that bit although it was quite like it's been done before but i thought he did it very well for it just being him there i think that would have taken a bit of preparation and that i thought that was quite funny but favorite song would probably have to be white woman's instagram because it is the one i just remember the most i'd be lying if i said another song because I'd, I'd probably not remember it even that well yeah i think for me uh welcome to the internet is a really fun one hey, I agree, because yeah. it's yeah. like he is just making the piss joke out of what the internet is something that made him and i found that really enjoyable i think the problematic one the one where he's like a fitness workout and then he's the light shows him on a crucifix and i was like oh he's a he's 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 being saucy and he's also being a bit problematic to uh some people mm. i think another one I'd, i i really enjoyed oh i know it's it's the I one know. the the one where he's reacting is like the um <laughs> uh it's the one where he talks about the unpaid intern and he reacts to it and reacts to it and reacts to it that's the one yeah that's right it's like work exploitation yeah, yeah. um i also really enjoyed the sexting one <laughs> the sexting <laughs> yeah the sexting one was really fun because um, the sexting one if it if it wasn't in this would literally be a john mayer song <laughs> So yeah, I enjoyed the sexting song. I enjoyed Problematic and I enjoyed um, uh, Welcome to the Internet. Yeah, I also quite liked How the World Works. Uh, <laughs> that was another fun one. Um, uh, he, he tackles political stuff in, in, a, in a way that is kind of approachable, where he's like, really quick at making jokes and then he just brings something up and he goes back i think if, if you don't enjoy that type of, of comedy then you're not gonna like most of bo burnham's stuff just because he's so quick at kind of code switching his his humor that's the kind of his whole thing but i just i i loved it so uh yeah uh Roy, do, do you have a favorite from um i guess you said that you really like art is dead and from god's perspective um the, the, i think those, those are just, great songs the two that stick in my mind the most yeah yeah art is dead is just a good song in general i think it's it's like i 
I find myself listening to that song and singing along to it <laughs> more than just yeah. a comedy song. I think it's just a uh, fun song uh, overall. But uh, yeah, what do you guys think is, is next in store for, for Bo Burnham? Uh, another comedy special, more roles like in Promising Young Woman or uh, a new film from him? Uh, what are you most keen the, about as well? I think he's going to be the voice of a generation. And I think that he's it's exciting to see what he can do in the future. Um, I'm very excited to see where he goes, not only as a director, writer, or sorry, writer, director, because usually it's the other way around, Lachlan, not the director, writer, but also to see what else he's in, like in Promising Young Woman. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's move on to our next uh, film. And uh, well, actually two films, I guess in preparation for the new Conjuring film, I watched the first two Conjuring movies for the first time. Lachlan, I I know you said that uh, you've seen the first one, had, hadn't seen the second one, right? And um, yeah. Rory, uh, I think for you the same, right? You've seen the first I one? I hadn't seen either of them. I, I thought I had, but I hadn't. And I watched all three. I watched the first two and then The Devil Made Me Do It today. Oh, okay. And I finished them at like eight o'clock, so just before we started. So I'm fresh off of a Conjuring. Um, well, then share your finish. thoughts. What do you think of the Conjuring franchise before? You the know, I... I, I think it comes back to the whenever there's like an average horror movie, people really oversell it and then they milk that universe for everything it's got. Like Conjuring has so many spin-offs already. Yeah. Um I didn't mind it. I think they're very okay. I, I feel like it would make a really cool TV show hmm. since there's like each each new kind of investigation kind of has its own twists and stuff like that. And I felt like I was watching I I felt like I watched three two hour TV episodes mm-hmm. of a very, very good TV show. Um and I didn't mind them. Um I definitely thought Thought the devil made me do it might have been one of the weakest story-wise it, it wraps up very neatly and suddenly and and the second one probably bored me the most i think i think the first one is the only one that genuinely kept my attention the whole way through but there's definitely flaws to it i think it's just i think it's just a very competent director right yeah. with james one doing a film that in other hands would probably be just a bit worse but it, it, yeah it's hard to like comment too much on them because i don't i definitely don't hate any of them i was just kind of like i'd finish it be like okay next episode i really felt like i was just watching long tv episodes and and i kind of like the idea of that it's almost like an anthology well it kind of is in a way Mm -hmm. um where and then you know they've got the collection growing and growing maybe eventually after like 50 that all of them will be released at once um yeah it almost feels a bit like mindhunter in a sense that like this could be a movie but it it is a tv show and you kind of move uh from case to case well yeah it's kind of like the opposite like mindhunter could be a very good movie this i think could be a very good tv show Mm -hmm. yeah Lachlan, what did you think of the first two conjuring films i really do enjoy conjuring one like it it is as all starts to a saga franchise is it's usually really really strong and again i agree it's a very competent filmmaker doing his craft he knows the horror genre very well and he can sculpt it into this certain direction in terms of the story the first one it's a good mixture of ed and lorraine and obviously the family where you're kind of introduced to the family at first and you're also introduced to ed and lorraine where the second one, it's kind of like, all right, you know Ed and Lorraine, let's introduce you to the family, and then, cool, you know the family, let's get straight into the jump scares and horrors and everything. And the third one is just like, all right, you know Ed and Lorraine, all right, fucking send it, let's go, uh, all right, cool, forget the horror, um, we're just going to yeah. do, okay, that's how I can see the franchise of one, two, and three. If we're just going to talk about the Conjuring, and we're, not, we're just going to kind of ignore the spinoffs, we're just going to focus mainly on the three Conjuring movies. Conjuring one did a really good job, and I think there's a lot of, 
uh, video essays out there on the jump scares of The Conjuring 1. And there's mm. especially that one of the lady on top of the bookshelf. And that's a really good jump scare. There's a number of things in this first movie that just don't seem to happen in the second and third, which the third didn't seem to have a lot of jump scares. It seemed just to be more kind of like, this is freaky and look how fat this dead guy is. And yeah. that's basically what the third one was. Not to get into the third one just quickly because we're still talking about one and two. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Number two is quite... It is boring. It's not that interesting in terms of story. And obviously it's all, you know, based off a true story of Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. the weirdest thing about it, to be honest, because uh, I didn't have really that, l- enough time to read up on um, how much they, they, they they're obviously re- pretty, uh, not liberal, but they're, they're pretty. Um, no, this literally happened. This is a documentary, Ewan. Uh, they're pretty open with <laughs> the interpretation of this is based on a real story. Uh, and I don't know, I, I, I sometimes take issue with it quite a bit because I, when when it's so far from what actually happened like true crime is fine but if you make a horror movie with ghosts and everything and uh these these super normal creatures then maybe don't call it a a uh, based on true events film it feels just but weird. Why, but why not you and what, what what's wrong with ghosts being real are you a skeptic i i, I hate you're a racist i was i hate well, pale I, I, I was a skeptic too oh. until i watched the contrast yes. right and as I as it wasn't Shrek, I'm a believer. Um, you know, um, it it sold me on it. Um, the second one actually made me a skeptic because it right. bored the shit out of me. Um, so I, I went the opposite way. But, but like, I think I think the second one has an alright ending. I think the final part picks up a bit. I like the crooked man's design. Mm. The crooked man who walked a crooked mile. I I um, didn't really get why they have such a strong use of CGI for that creature when the rest of it feels yeah. a bit more grounded. It felt like oh we're trying to scare you with something uh, like the twisting, the exorcism part. I think becomes more and more uh, increasingly uh, uh, harder to look at <laughs> the more they do it. Like they don't do it uh, as much in the first one. It's just someone it's like bleeding the from their well. eyes and then. In the, in the, not to get into the third one too much, but it's just an increase of the cracking sound of some, that someone makes and the twist of their joints as they are, uh, as an exorcism is performed on them. Yeah. Well, the one thing uh, I, I think if we want to continue to the third one to close off one and two, uh, the only, I mean, I have a lot of issues with it, but one of the, one of the thing is when you watch a horror movie, of, do you guys think about how you would doodle in that situation where you would go, if I was here, I'd get the fuck out or if I'd. If I was here, I'd do this. Do you ever think about that? Yeah, I'm. I'm always like that. I'm always like, no, I'd probably kill the other mm. person first. Like, I well, I always do. Wait, are you talking about? Do you picture yourself as a killer? Uh, continuing on. Wet dreams um, about um, saw, yeah, so. yeah, me neither. Actually, uh, yeah, no, definitely. The spike, the the the, the pike the electrocuted tree trunk obviously mm-hmm. yeah that would fulfill the vision that lorraine had mm-hmm. and they were using an axe at the door and she thought oh i'll go and run upstairs to stop him instead of get the axe and cut that pike down that's a, yeah, it's hard cutting pikes lachlan you know it's raining it's it's there was a dude you know, there who could also help we, we don't know the quality of the axe also the pike wasn't thin that was going to take some time yeah and you know what if and you know she's out in the rain with a metal object swinging around where there's lightning around to be honest, I'm sorry, but you know, I think you'd be dead in a horror movie because you're walking around doing gardening while everyone's <laughs> trying to take on a demon. <laughs> you're fucking doing horticultural care. Um, Luckily, out there shouting so, out manscape. Though, though, to be honest, if I was the the, the demon, I wouldn't. If, and the one way they can beat me is they know my name. I wouldn't go tell them my name when I first met mm. them. I thought that was very convenient. That she's like, I can beat you because I know your name. I'd, if I was the demon, I'd be like, ah, shit. I gotta stop introducing myself. I gotta stop being like, hey, I'm Rory. He's like, oh, okay, Rory. It's like, oh no, I'm beaten. It's like that. Uh, <laughs> like, it's like that German. Uh, <laughs> 
fairy tale by the Grimm brothers. What's it called? Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But actually, yeah, Rumpelstiltskin I, didn't go, hey, my name's Rumpelstiltskin. And then at the end be like, you can have your kid back. You I would have loved to name. see the like, nun yeah, dance around a, a fire just saying her name. What was her name again? Something. Uh, I, 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 Avika? It's like something like that. I, I, I the nun. Ikea? Oh, the, the nun's name, uh, like Vanek. Vanek, Vanek. Yes, uh, yeah. That was, that was it. It's a great name to scream out as well. Like, I condemn you back to hell, Vanek. But the thing is, with with the Conjuring as well, is like I was like, okay, but like they do, they don't have the best backstory sometimes. Like it feels like I I would like a few more glimpses into the past, and I feel like maybe that's why they're doing the they do the extended universe. But it would work better sometimes in the films if we knew a bit more about why. It's it's kind of like Demon Slayer when you get the glimpses into the demon's past. It's probably some of the best parts of that show. Whereas like in this, they 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 kind of investigate a tiny bit, and then most of it is jump scares. And I feel like more investigation and more past revelations would be a bit like more enthralling for me and bring me in it a bit. And then the Warrens to me, the characters are mostly like, oh, we are Christians, and it's the like there's not much more to them as as characters. And then Mary, so you would hate them. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were Christians. You was like, well, I don't. Like this movie. I'm, I'm, do you see my upside down cross that I got tattooed on me? Of course, of yeah, course, yeah. I got a big one like, all over my chest. <laughs> all us three need to be in a house getting haunted because Lachlan's going to be at the back planting something or I don't know using an axe to chop down a tree, and Ewan's just going to be refusing to hold the cross that will save him because he's like, I'm sorry, oh, but yeah, I'm not Christian, Christian so yeah. I'm not, I'm not touching and, that. And, and Rory's like, so what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm Rory. What's your name? Valik. <laughs> No, but, but, but like, I feel like the demons are probably after this incident are more like strippers. It's like, what's, like, what's your name? Trixie. Is it really Trixie? Is it really? I feel like, you know, but like what a bizarre way to beat it, to beat it in the end. And then, and then the third one was like, oh, like, oh, um, was completely different because then there was no real like big demon. Thing. Right. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? uh, like, let, let's get into it. Let's are we moving into the third into one? The yeah. Uh, I just got to quickly shout out that uh, the next RTA film club movie is High and Low from Akira Kurosawa from 1963. So uh, that will be our movie for the next two weeks. And we'll talk about it in two weeks. So uh, let's get into Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It. <laughs> to start things off what was just uh your overall thoughts i guess we'll, we'll start um off with you rory as we're already kind of getting uh into the third one again i don't like yeah yeah it's kind of like what lockman said before the, the first one was the second one sorry was very um slow and then the third was just like bam mm -hmm. which i didn't mind because to be honest i was like i was running late and i had to finish it before this podcast so i was kind of happy that it was over pretty quick mm -hmm. um also i was thinking i was getting fatigued with it because like door slamming and stuff wasn't doing anything <laughs> There's a lot um, of door slamming in these movies and doors being shut and people yeah, trying man, to open like, doors. I'm, also, uh, non-spoiler for now. No spoilers, yeah. But but doors, sorry, spoiler, doors do slam <laughs> in this movie. Uh, like, just like How the How could others. you? But those, like, the, the, what are the frames? The lindels? The lindel above it, man. They're, they're just screwed, man. Mm. Like, those, the, the structure of these doors is just kaput. Very um, kaput, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I didn't I didn't mind it. I, I definitely probably would, if you had to, oh, man, yeah, if you had to offer to watch one out of this and the second i might not choose either but i mean it, it it's just it was a bit different to the first two 
and but not necessarily for the better and this is what i mean about the tv show that could these different like an anthological like kind of series to it just kind of makes them feel a little bit inconsequential like it kind of makes like the warrens and the kind of like you said the warrens are kind of just like the two christian people there's mm. not a lot about them that interests you yeah and i think that's fine it reminds me a bit like x files it kind of is x files but very more like old school salem but which which is fine but yeah it's I think very the much like the evil versus good uh and it's the lines yeah. are pretty uh they're, they're drawn in the sand they're, they're like crystal concrete, clear right crystal clear yeah. um you know that satanists but, are bad christians are good and um yeah I, I i just definitely thought this was fine it's probably the one it's weird it's the one i watched most recently like literally a few hours ago and it's the one i'm having the most trouble remembering i think uh, there's not a lot of like jump scares like those kinds of moments that conjuring no. usually builds up to that are really memorable and memorable in this because uh without yeah. getting into spoilers there's, investigative horror there's uh there's that aspect of that's already in the trailers right of someone being accused and then roll credits the devil made me do it do it being kind of the excuse for it and yeah they focus not as much on it as i thought they would um and i, I think that would have been um an interesting thing to focus on but i guess it's more the supernatural like good versus evil um jump scares and opening doors that was the biggest concern in yeah this one. yeah i think this is going to be kind of where they need to decide where they need, want to open it up a bit as well like are we just going to keep doing like possession possession because like the, the like i don't know like the dark world of witchcraft has a lot of different things like you could add creatures and all these different things and make this quite a big successful franchise but i think this was just like i think this was one of the i, I like the sound it sounds really hectic when they're you know like you said they're crumbling and the person is like being exercised um to take that for a run um <laughs> Um, you're being exercised but, get on that treadmill yeah yeah they're just like they're making those fat demons do weight <laughs> yeah, loss the fat zombie thing. Um, get on that treadmill <laughs> but I, yeah I thought it was fine like I, I, I wouldn't recommend it to people walking down the street mm -hmm. um, but that uh, because I hate people who walk down the street it, right like, it sucks yeah. but but I, I still think <laughs> it, it just very like most of the conjuring ones I'm just like I'm okay that I watched it I didn't regret the time that I spent on it but I'm not gonna go out of my way to watch it again yeah uh, luckily what are your thoughts of um, Conjuring 3? I, again, I completely agree. I, I, unlike Rory, where he said, I don't know whether I'd pick one or two, he would say he'd pick neither. I'd probably pick, sorry, two or three. I'd pick three based on the fact that I laughed I <laughs> at least more than <laughs> once. And I had more fun with the third one. Rory, you put it a really good way where there's, it's more of like an investigation in this one. And the best example mm -hmm. I could give is like, you watch a, a, a conjuring movie for the paranormal horror aspect, right? Imagine going into a paranormal activity movie and not seeing a fucking door close from a video camera, right? No, that's what you're expecting to go see that, especially after two movies where you know that's what you're going into and they don't have that. I mean, they have that paranormal demon possession aspect, but it's not the main focus of ed and lorraine's investigation the best way i can explain it is imagine an indiana jones movie comes out and they do more professor scenes than they do actual like <laughs> like treasure hunting right yeah people would be like what do you mean indiana jones like yes no indiana jones is a treasure hunter but he's also a professor these guys are yeah. demon i mean they're not demon hunters but they're <laughs> they're pro demonologists but they're also there to help people and that's what they're doing in this one they're trying to help out this guy right they, they've shift focus and again They've met their worst match, the American court system. Uh, the, <laughs> the scariest, the scariest thing, thing in any, thing in any movie. And the um, media. 
There was there was literally yeah. less horror in this movie, and there was more action. Like he was he was swinging around a fucking sledgehammer. We're going in the full spoilers now. Sledgehammer, right? He wasn't. He's, there's been no kind of like full action like this, other than the axe being yeah, cut it's very down. Shining, right? And again, <laughs> actually, I wrote down the shining because the opening scene with the blood coming in. I wrote. Hang on, what do my notes say? I said shining I, elevator. Yeah, we moved into spoilers. Demon is a now. fan of Kerry or the Shining, right? <laughs> Um, actually, yeah. yeah uh, there was a lot of blood there, yeah. I also... I thinking, as, as well as the sledgehammer yeah, yeah. yeah. I also said, why does the kid look like Elton John? <laughs> I think I thought it was Elton John. Did he not do, did no, he he not did do, not do this, this film? film? But yeah, the kid looks so much like oh. Elton John. I was focused on that for so long. Um, I also said this kid would be good at Twister when he started doing all like the twisting and fucking like... Oh, yeah. But you know, yeah, like I, like, I, I had more fun with this film than I did feeling scared. Like the first film, yeah. they built so much tension and I don't think there's a single point in this film where tension is built after the first act the first act where you have uh arnie being possessed there's that one build up where he looks through the glory hole and then like turns around and then there's a woman there <laughs> sorry yeah. sorry um, he, was, he was disappointed thank god he looked <laughs> thank first. god he looked first i mean he he went against the cardinal rule but thank god he did um, uh yeah no um yeah i mean that's i mean that's my overall thoughts of the film as a summary Dude, but but you know what kind of what you did there the, that sums it that's up a good point me. actually yeah. that, that, that's that, that's kind of how it is someone's like is it all right is it good i'm like like it's not it's not terribly made like the film is not terribly made and the story is actually okay and i i was like this story would hold up but the issue i have with it is it's not a conjuring movie yeah but that uh, yeah but this is what i mean i feel like this is why i feel like it would just be a good tv show i I keep i'm gonna keep coming back to this because you can have occasional episodes that alter the formula and it's and conjuring is very formulaic Mm. it it very Mm. much just sticks to the the same thing that was i think why the second one was so boring to me is because i watched the first and i was like this is just the first movie, but with British accents. I, I loved how, how at the end of it, they, they have that discussion of, oh, you saved me. And then the other person's like, no, you saved me. And then maybe, no, God saved us or something like that. They do that at the end of the first one. They do it at the end of the second one. Don't remember them doing yeah, it at Mel the end Gibson of this one. Mel Gibson loves The Conjuring. Uh, have we moved into spoilers yet fully? Yeah, we have. It, okay. <laughs> Rory, you saying, Rory, you saying that the second one has British accents, right? Reminds me of a thing I read on Reddit the other day when I was like going to watch The Conjuring movies. And it's like, why are ghosts always from old times? Why do you never hear a ghost say it's Britney, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a, that's a fair, a fair point. point. Is there like a time frame where like ghosts can be ghosts? Imagine dying like just after two thousand. It's like I want to go back. They're like, sorry, sorry, baby. man, can't fucking, do it. Like uh, fucking we leave the, we leave the hauntings pre two K. Give you like some dead memes. <laughs> it goes on to you. It's yeah. just like this trolling face you see, and it's like you mad problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, where no, are we what, jumping into? Well, Wait. I think a good way to start is with the opening um scene, kind of the opening not a seance what is called exorcism right that kind of uh doesn't work and then we get uh mr warren side a sideline for the rest of the movie due to his heart attack and i think that was a really lazy way of giving lorraine more to do just sidelining ad yeah because i think what they did before in in the movie like we we talked about it in the second one where she she, she's not i don't know she she has weird decisions that she she sometimes makes uh like of course she should have cut down that tree luckily i agree with you obviously with the thank you (laughs) no but uh, but what what sometimes uh 
Chichis doesn't get something done that she completely could have. And it feels like, oh, in this one, we're giving her more to do. Then by the end of it, it's still, still him that saves her, right? With uh, no, Yeah. And uh, it's, it, it is weird. No, no, weird but she saves him it. because she had the medication in that locket that you completely forgot about because they don't set it up. But if you've seen the first two back to back like Rory has, you would go, oh, yeah, they've got that locket yeah. that she got from their daughter. But the daughter's not present in this current movie. No, she is. So she's actually in it. She's she's a teen, though. She's, uh, it, yeah, but not for long. She's not really, like, prominent. She, yeah, she's, like, in two and scenes. It, no, and I agree with Lachlan. There are a few things that, like, I feel like they think are set up. But it's kind of like you hadn't seen... If I hadn't seen the first... If I hadn't seen the first two films right before, if I had a big gap, I probably would have been like... What the fuck is going what, on? Why, why does she... Yeah, what's going on? Like, why is that there? And it wasn't for too many things, but there were a few things where they kind of relied on you knowing. Like, the comment on the books when the priest, the ex-priest, has all those dangerous books. And he's like, oh, I prefer to keep them here. It's like keeping guns off the streets. And that's exactly what he said in the first mm. movie. And they're like, uh -huh. Uh -huh. connecting. But like, yeah, if I hadn't seen the first two or something, I would have been like, I don't, I don't care. I mean, I do like that to give Lorraine more to do. And it feels like they, they buff her powers a bit that uh, she has even more almost superpower like stuff where she just touches someone. And then, I mean, she had that before, but it feels amplified. And this yeah, she'd be more. the Maybe worst to play Cluedo with. <laughs> she just fucking knows everything. <laughs> she's like, she's like, no, oh, 10 years ago, someone touched a knife and it was actually this person. Yeah, dude. Mm. <laughs> They're dead than, than our British ghost. It comes down to what yeah. you said before, Roy, that these movies are quite formulaic. This is a bit out of the formula, but it doesn't bring anything super interesting to it and it doesn't really deepen the characters yeah. a lot. There's not a great amount of And if you're going to break scares. the formula, like break the formula, it still feels very safe. Like it feels very tropey as well. Like they've got the exorcism at the start with like the take me, take me. And I was like, oh yeah, I saw the exorcism. You know, on that, that <laughs> I thought that was kind of dumb that why why did they dumb down Lorraine? Like why wouldn't she know that it moved on to the, the other person? She was dead. Yeah, I, I didn't that get that weird. either. Why like, did they just move on? Obviously, I, he's not gone. She should have immediately gone up to the dude and been like, "Hey, what's your name?" Yeah, and <laughs> like it's just interesting that she didn't she didn't try the old the old the old reliable. I, I find it funny that I mean, you you said that it, it's like uh, there's some elements of Carrie, The Shining, and lots of other stuff. I thought that that scene yeah. where she went to the dad of the Satanist, um, that that was a bit zodiac like, like going down to the basement and yeah, there's a oh, lot of yeah, I get that. There, there yeah. was a lot of like reference in a way that I feel like you can notice that this one wasn't directed by uh james wan especially in the opening because it did feel a bit more plastic like it felt more um wait is that even no i, I think that's only a german expression but um it felt no more say, refined. It, say it i will understand no fuck off it, it felt more <laughs> refined and a bit glossier than the other ones like james wan really likes to get dirty and gritty with his set decoration and i thought this one looked yeah. a bit cleaner uh overall. yeah no definitely like the other set decoration definitely had like a like a macabre Edgar Allan Poe feel to them almost mm. and more doors this one, better this doors one just overall, felt I'd say as well yeah this one was a bit more modern but it wasn't that far in the future so it didn't really need to be yeah. but yeah like yeah no I definitely agree I don't think the set design was as good as the first two um, I thought they were very like okay and there were a few shots which were like fine but there are probably shots in the first two that stand out more to me I, I just think yeah everything about it and I, like I'm coming back again sorry to the TV show thing it was like a long episode because you kind of like didn't get a lot out of this movie like I, I didn't go I didn't you know finish the movie and go think what I saw or like oh, oh I wonder what's next like it's like yeah okay like it's a it's a bit of a time waster but like yeah it's, but it's definitely not bad it's got good scenes it's got it's got like I just yeah I, I like I would have I agree with Lachlan that it just didn't bring the intensity and I kind of like the investigative part of it but it didn't bring that either so it kind of was just lacking in some of the qualities that made the first one good 
because obviously we're, we're talking about how this film wants to go away from the formula. And we're talking about how obviously we can tell this is not made by James Wan, not directed by James yeah. Wan. Is there something that, like, is there a certain part of the film that stood out to you? Because I can tell you one part of the film that stood out to me. And immediately I, I, I at first I laughed, but I went, this is completely out of character. What was it? What was it, yeah? It was persuading the lawyer that devils exist. Because the entire series, you're told not to look at the Annabelle doll. You're told not to act, interact with anything, but to prove that devils exist exist they go come over for dinner we'll introduce you to annabelle right and obviously then it immediately cuts to a scared lawyer so they obviously use some sort of why well, they obviously played with something to show them that devils exist like the demons exist that's not the ed and lorraine that i would come that i've come to know from the previous two films who are like no no we don't fuck around with this stuff we protect and save people from this stuff but in this film they're like well i mean we're gonna have to try and persuade her so let's i mean bring her around to the old house pull out annabelle and you know fuck around with her for a little bit right it's like literally you could pull up the annabelle doll and so all right lawyer where did the annabelle doll touch you right and that's that's what it felt like it was like it was a comedic moment but <laughs> ed and lorraine don't do comedic moments with demonic possessed dolls or any kind of those objects right yeah i guess to yeah. play devil's advocate <laughs> no pun intended there Zing. i think that they are kind of fed up at this point that no one is believing them so they may stoop yeah. down a bit more like it, it opens up with uh, it has that moment of their frustration being interviewed in that media thing and ed lashes out like oh they always just um try to portray us as the as the idiots in these interviews mm. so maybe for this when there's someone's life uh, at stake they uh kind of yeah but it, it does i agree with it. it does feel a bit out of place and we don't even get to see it so we only get to speculate what they did with annabelle maybe that's one of the spin-offs that i haven't seen it's just convincing that lawyer and overall the whole um whole court thing was a bit disappointing because as i said i expected a bit more yeah. from it and it was basically like oh you are accused of dying because you plead that uh it was demonic influence or they whatever. They didn't really get the evidence in the end, did they? Like, yeah, how did they convince they kind of just them? They just kind of cut to him, like, kind of didn't really have anything done, but they didn't really have the evidence. Like, what were they going to be like? Yeah, look at this slab that I cracked into with the sledgehammer. The judge is like, oh, shit, this bitch is guilty. <laughs> like, uh, defendant. Sorry, guys. Uh, sorry, uh, Your Honor, they destroyed evidence. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what are the police going to do when they're like, oh, these two creepy people who think they fight ghosts are here and there's two dead bodies here like how do they not get arrested yeah this, they're yeah. like don't worry we're ghostbusters and i felt i really wish they'd said that like what do we call you i was like please just say ghostbusters give us the like that's a um crossover i could get behind that's actually what the original ghostbusters is based on it's on the trial of ed and lorraine warren that could be that could really? be a thing yeah that would be great yeah, uh do you guys want to hear my summary of this movie yeah, i wrote one down does. when i yeah. when i finished yeah. the movie so i I copied the um the text from the start of the movie and then ended the last part that said this is based on the true story. Ready? So the exorcism of eight-year-old David Glatzel was meant to end the months of torment, but for Arnie Johnson, it was just the beginning. The tragic events that followed made nationwide headlines that led Ed and Lorraine Warren to their most sinister discovery of their career. A demon that does not like the song Call Me by Blondie, leaving medications at home, a small boy who looks like Elton John, an older woman who looks like Wednesday Adams, and definitely an underpaid intern cameraman. <laughs> That's the summary of the movie in its whole, because this cameraman that they've got working for them, does he get paid? Because I feel like he's just doing I mean, it out of the fucking fun of it, because he's gone through some I, hell I think, he, I think he gets uni credits doesn't he <laughs> It's gonna go so well towards my grade. Yeah, he gets. He has like, a, he's like two days from graduating. Just gets chopped in half by a demon. Ugh, two days from graduation. 
I want to, I want to, I want to cross over film with him and get all like the horror films to watch it. But it's literally just him surviving university. That's like a genuine scary film. Genuine you scary know what? Film. People dying in this in the, these films is not really a thing, right? That's another thing that I found a no, bit disappointing yeah. from a horror series that uh, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of stakes when no one really dies in these, uh, apart from I guess uh, the demons that move on uh, or I guess get destroyed. Yeah. So yeah, that's a bit disappointing. I think. I, I guess in here, well, I mean, someone got killed, but two people. He got but it doesn't feel like uh main characters lose because have they have the power of yeah. christianity and anime on their side so they just cannot be killed you know yeah no. but like i actually I, I was thinking about that before as well and i don't mind it i actually i think it's fine kind of that people aren't dying because in you know and everything else everyone's dead but one person in the yeah. end but i do agree that it definitely took away from the stakes give for it up for that, conjuring like, from balancing no out one, people dying in horror films no one dies man like yeah like these demons are useless like there there's the devil's probably just like embarrassed he's like oh my god they picked steven to go up there he's gonna like fuck it up he's not gonna kill anyone like gonna trip on his own overly long testicles and then cry and come home after he gets <laughs> banished it's so annoying I, I think it's funny how they I always mean, start off by like pulling people and doing the paranormal stuff uh, it, it's it's funny how they yeah. always like slowly ease into it like oh yeah we got a nice progression of um things getting worse and worse i just want to see an, a demon go apeshit uh right before uh, right at the start and just yeah because they, they feel pretty comfortable in the houses. You know, they chill. <laughs> and that's well, always a bit I, weird. I think it's also because there's always kids, though. It's hard yeah. to kill kids and make it, Is it? almost justifiable <laughs> in any way. <laughs> um... <laughs> Maybe, 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 maybe let's move on from that point. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, but but I feel like maybe if they do something next time with like a bunch of adults or like even at like a camp or something like that, yeah, it might work. So you think there's going to be another one with Ed and Lorraine Warren? You think there's a Conjuring Four? And I, I think so. I think they'll keep doing this if this one succeeds. Like it's it's working for them. And then their daughter could take over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think a fourth one would be great if uh it it is like one of either Ed or Lorraine die and then you get the kid to step in and maybe something like that uh, that's a classical yeah. horror move it would be pretty formulaic I, I don't think they will no, they won't, because no. it's um it's based on true events so we got to go with the actual timeline yeah well but I also feel like it's it's hard to put in genuine grief into a horror film and if someone just dies you have, have you seen Ari Aster films grieving <laughs> but you know no, yeah, yeah no, like, the, the, the normal studio horror films aren't really yeah like this trauma. and stuff like that like if you if you put too much of them being sad then you lose the tension immediately yeah uh but yeah do we have any concluding thoughts for for the conjuring other than it's better off as a tv show <laughs> um i do have a couple points i don't think i made oh yeah um yeah. Uh, hang on why the fuck don't i care i guess we already know how they work okay so that's my first two points the devil made me do it sounds like a porn title uh demon makes uh, uh ghost would be good at twister why hasn't the cameraman left yet uh, I guess the demon doesn't like Blondie, obviously. Uh, there's no shadow horror. It's all body horror. Um, fat men aren't scary. Uh... <laughs> I want to ask the lawyer where they touched her. Yeah. Uh, surely that man couldn't get any sleep with a dam right next to his house. I, well, I feel like the water, it's like in like those like uh, mills that have like the little dam wheel. I feel like you get used to the crushing blows against the mm. rocks and so on. You're probably going to the um, toilet though every 10 minutes just because mm, constant sound definitely. of flowing water. Yeah. That's a downside. He's, he's, he still wets the bed. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
that's, that's his curse. He's he's, he's going to be. That's what all Satanists do. They just bed life. wetters all the time. That's yeah, how you get them. Yeah. Get fucked. I'm, I'm like us. You wet the bed. Uh. Like us cool demonologists. I, I damn you next to the damn you piss in the bits. <laughs> um, I don't think I have really any other points here that are that interesting to bring up. Yeah. Ooh. So uh, the, yeah, it's hard to comment too much because the film's not that interesting to bring yeah, up. Yeah. There's not dumb, that much to talk about, I guess, uh, other than comparing it to the other two, which we've already done quite extensively. So yeah. I think we're going to wrap it up here so what's everyone's rating for the conjuring the devil made me do it uh 10 out of 10 <laughs> psych the devil made me do that um <laughs> uh i'm giving it a, a, a five yeah i agree with you yeah there. I, 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 there as well I also say the same five. hey yeah i love it universal so that is a uh, it's actually one out of 30 for <laughs> wait what did he say oh no uh, <laughs> he got embarrassed he left again <laughs> Rory has and the worst internet on the planet. I've I've got amazing. Rory's internet. literally got um, the Maccas down the road, and he's got a repeater after repeater after repeater. But the thing is, the, the thing is, nothing else is doing this. It's just I've got the worst Discord mm. in the world, so I don't know how that works. But um, but yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a very like five out of ten film. You know, like I, I thought there were some pretty well shot moments in it, or like especially when they really went harsh with the color and and the atmosphere, which I think the first one did better anyway. But yeah, overall, it, it just kind of like it's gonna slip by and drift by and then be forgotten soon yeah and i mean there's another five conjuring movies uh five in the conjuring universe there will be another five movies in yeah. no time uh yeah i think there's what is there like three annabelle movies one nun one called the nun and then one called la llorona uh, which is the, the same director as it. this one yeah we haven't talked about that but it's uh. the same director from la llorona and apparently that one people like the least uh i think the nun also wasn't uh too loved i think the, the main line of these movies of the conjuring ones other ones said people actually like and i think the first annabelle people also like but uh i think yeah, it's because we, know the annabelle demon movie... is, we don't know what the demon's gonna be with the other ones it's like oh i know i'm getting a scary nun or i'm getting yeah. annabelle or uh yeah it's just whatever they yeah. show next and i have a longer focus on in their uh, little basement room full of um these these weird objects I, f- I find it funny that the first two both had those um things that you could like uh wind up and play <laughs> it was like this is such a good allegory for how similar the first two movies are but i I thought they were going to put, well, just before we finish, I, yeah. I completely agree. And again, it's a reason why I was like, why is this film so disconnected? The other two objects were things that they, they actually held throughout the the, 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 the movie, the things that they, they could see throughout the movie, where this yeah. one was just in a vision and it was used for this ceremony, right? Mm. Why not it be something that they use? And then I realized there's yeah. nothing that holds this demon to whatever area it's in. And it's, 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 it's yeah, anyway. But Lachlan, there's three people possessed and it's conjuring three. How brilliant is that? Three people. Yeah. Next movie is going to be Actually, can, can I can I just pitch something? Yeah, yeah. Real quick. How how I think the third conjuring should have ended, but this is how the fourth one can end. You know how it always ends with them bringing in a physical object and placing it in their safe room. Mm. Um, picture this, if you will, lads. He has the magic tennis ball that possessed um <laughs> Serena Williams. <laughs> Serena Serena Williams, and he's in it's and we pan along with him as he walks through the room, past the shelves, and places it, and he stops because he thinks he hears something. What is that? He hears like a beating drum slightly off in the distance, it would seem. And then it seems to stop. No, no, it is. It's still going. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, it must just, he must just be silly. He walks out, locks the door behind him. Boom, boom, boom. We pan and on the top of a shelf covered in dust, Jumanji, <laughs> the board game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a cross up I want to see. The ultimate dark object. <laughs> I like, like, come on, guys. Like, these, you know, a lot of these like remakes of <laughs> older films really don't get me. And I'm, 
I'm, I really want to cross over. Like the Men in Black 21 Jump Street crossover, I thought was a great yeah. idea. Oh, for sure. And uh, like, that's what we need to talk about soon. Like, we need to pitch crossovers to, to like, um, to, um, IPs. Films or, yeah, IPs that like to cross over because, like, I'm just saying, if, if, if they panned across and <laughs> Jumanji the board game was there, I'd be like, all right, I'm now invested in the conjuring. You know, <laughs> it would be pretty funny. It would be a change of, I mean, it's always, uh, great to see a change of pace and, and horror, but all too often you see something like Conjuring having a success being maybe original in having good jump scares and good cinematography. And yeah. then it kind of loses its value over the amount of properties and spin-offs that are created from that one IP that was successful. Uh, and I guess that's just how Hollywood works. Uh, unless you got someone that's produced by A24 and uh, brings kind of unique yeah. horror, then that's just what you're going to get from these studio horror films. But um, yeah, I guess that wraps it up for today's show. Uh, next week, we'll either be talking about In the Heights or the uh, second um, quiet, a quiet, I wanted to say a quiet set. It's, no, it's, it's what's going to be when we hang up the Discord call. It's just going to be a quiet set for all of our lives. <laughs> oh, burning thing got to me, man. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, we'll yeah. either talk about one of yeah. these films um, and then the week after will be the other one. You'll see it. You'll get all the content, so don't you worry. But uh, in the meantime, you can join our Discord and we do raffles and a film club over there. We also just pretty active chatters, so if you want to be a part of our community it doesn't cost you anything you can just join so there's a link below in the show notes uh, if you want to support us you can do that on patreon on the lowest tier for two bucks uh, i've already mentioned it you get the drunk cast you also get access to our show notes uh, that i usually prepare it's, it's mainly my thoughts but there's sometimes um jokes in there that luckland writes during the show to throw me off it's always i leave them in because they're kind of funny uh, just as but, a teaser just as a teaser of all those jokes wait what did i change it i you changed, did cha- your, I changed uh, it back oh you changed oh. it fuck you, you changed really? it from wish dragon to dick dragon which is a yeah. really lazy joke, but I guess you can add it back in. So all of you, can I say Patreon, also? I guess going through um, that. I don't know why this reminded me of it, but all I can think of is Lachlan in horror movies now, and all I can think of is one him gardening during the climax, and two, God forbid, it was Lachlan who found the glory hole <laughs> instead of anyone else, because that's not going to end well, guys. <laughs> Anyways, back to our Patreon shout out. That's usually the content you get on over there when we're drunk, but I guess it's been a long recording so we don't really hold back at the moment you can also follow us on our socials we got a twitter instagram letterbox we even have a tiktok now uh we recently started a youtube a channel as well for our highlights and yeah you can follow those they're all linked below and uh you can also find all of our personal socials in the show notes as well um as well as for rory they will be there uh, for the first time in a long time again right so people can check you out on we're way even active active do you have a letterbox no i i Shame. don't Use a letterbox. Well, I guess we'll just I, link I, your Twitter. I keep getting told that I'm I should have one because people keep being like, you should have a letterbox. I'm like, you know, I just I guess it's not really your your cup of tea. You're one who's um so mentally versed in all the film uh in all the films you've seen. You don't need a place for them to be all stored. You know, you all you know your ratings by heart. You're that kind of person. So that I I that I can appreciate. But uh, yeah, that wraps it up for today. Yeah, I might I might I'll have to get involved. So we'll ha- hopefully have you back on um soon. Rory, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. You. Yeah, that is a wrap and we'll see you next week.
Thanks for having me on as well, Ewan. No, fuck you, Lachlan. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I've been All doing right, the show for like shit. two months just with you. Oh, and I've been underpaid like the cameraman. <laughs> You're the intern who is not allowed to leave. Just... Literally just the intern. I, I, I've been tell Rory, I've been telling him he gets credits for this on his uni score, but he's not. He's not. Don't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. All right. Bye, everyone.